you know, it says to see to it, see to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble and by it many be defiled. See to it. We've talked about this word recently. It means watch out, look after this, be careful about this, oversee this part of your life. It comes from the same word that we get the word episkopos, which is where we get the word bishop, and it means overseer. You should be overseeing your life. And you need to be uh, in your Christian life. You need to be looking over it, examining yourself, it says in other places in Scripture, and making sure that we don't come short of the, of the, the grace of God. And so today we're going to be talking about the root of bitterness, the root of bitterness. And uh, whenever it says, see to it and watch, it's not talking about doing it from your own self-centered, uh, narcissistic point of view. Talking about doing it in, in, your, in connection with your relationship with God and you having given your life to Him. You're having been bought with a price and you're so glad that you're His now because He has redeemed you from the evil one and you want to make sure that you don't want to get caught in the snares of the evil one once more. And so we need to be looking over our lives in light of God's word and God's will. As we do so, uh, there's some people that they've been taught that they're exempt from some things. Like uh, there's some people say, well, I was just born like this. I've just always had a temper. I've always uh, had held grudges. That's just the way I am. That's the way I was born. You know what people say, what, what a Christian should say to that? That's why you have to be born again. You can't stay in that. You, you're not <coughs> granted the privilege of sin. How could there be a privilege to sin? And yet that's what some people are trying to claim. They're trying to claim a birthright of uh, exemption from penalty for sin. So if your nature is to hold grudges, if your nature is to uh, be unforgiving, if your nature is to be vengeful, you need to be born again. Or if you have been born again, you need to realize that this morning God has turned a page and he's opening up a new chapter in your life and he's showing you a new place where you need to grow by letting go and letting God. And so this is where we are. There's such a warning here and this warning is so strong. Uh, it reminds me of I've, most of a lot of you've heard this story before. A lot of you haven't heard it from me. You may have heard it about Boudreaux and Thibodeau were sitting out by the road, drinking their sweet tea, watching the cars go by. And they had a sign there that said, uh, the end is near. You better stop and turn yourself around. This car came whizzing by. And Boudreaux and Thibodeau waved at them and they saw the sign and they 
screeched for a stop to a stop. They read the sign and they said, you religious fanatics, get out of here. And they took back off again. And Boudreaux and Thibodeau looked at each other and all of a sudden you could hear screeching of tires. You could hear gravel grating. And then you heard a lot of screaming and a big splash. And Boudreaux turned to Thibodeau and said, maybe we ought to change this sign to say the bridge is out. (laughs) They didn't say it quite well enough. And this is my concern this morning is I'm afraid my sign might not be worded quite right. But I want to get this across to you. Bitterness is nothing to fool around with. This is a warning about how horrible bitterness is. Bitterness can actually bar you from the kingdom of God. It can bar you from heaven if you cling to it. That's uh, the message that you you get it all through scripture from Deuteronomy. Uh, Actually, it goes all the way back. The root of bitterness, we see it first coming up in the Garden of Eden, not in the Garden of Eden, after the Garden of Eden, Cain and Abel. They both offered sacrifices to God. Abel's sacrifice was acceptable to God. Cain's was not. Cain got mad because his sacrifice wasn't acceptable. And uh, so, uh, and, 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 and he was just, he apparently was going around giving people the stink eye and just being in a, a grumpy mood and all. And uh, the Lord said, If you do the right thing, won't your countenance be lifted up? And Cain wouldn't listen to him. Cain continued harboring bitterness. And his bitterness was because the way that he wanted to do things wasn't acceptable to God. Does that sound familiar? All the stuff going on in the world today. Uh, It's all about stuff basically that's not acceptable to God that people are wanting to do and they're wanting to say that God blesses it. It started way back there with Cain and Abel. Cain wouldn't listen to God and it was over a sacrifice to God. And instead of changing his ways and offering a sacrifice that was acceptable, he killed Abel. And that's the way it's been ever since. People would rather kill than yield to God. And so it moves on. And uh, when in Deuteronomy, we see whatever the uh, children were finally about to enter the promised land, that God uh, has them gathered together and and Moses is speaking to them. And uh, let's see, I want to find what he told them. Yeah, Deuteronomy 29, beginning with verse 18. So that there will be will not be among you a man or woman or family or tribe whose hearts turn away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of those nations, those other nations, that there will not be among you a root bearing bitter fruit and wormwood. This is where we get the, the, the bitter root that's spoken about in Hebrews. 
he's quoting from uh, what God had told the people back uh, as they were preparing to enter the promised land. He tells them uh, to see to it that they do not go and serve other gods, that they don't turn from the one true God. And so uh, anyway, so he made this covenant with them and he made a covenant with us, a new covenant through Jesus Christ. And uh, that covenant has a birthright, just like the old covenant had a birthright. And that birthright is eternal life. And he warns us that whenever uh, Esau uh, would not let go of bitterness, or he talks about how uh, Esau sold his birthright for one meal, for a moment of pleasure, you might say. For a moment of relief, he sold his birthright. And what uh, the Paul is referring to here, what he's warning us of, is that you can lose your salvation if you harbor bitterness and won't let it go. It's that serious, and he just can't get that across any clearer than that. That's what it means to fall short of the grace of God. You can never be plucked out of good. Nobody, the Bible says, can pluck you from the hand of God. But you can turn away from him. You can leave him. That's the difference. And you, if you, and he's saying that just like Esau, if we hold on to bitterness too long and if we let it fester and we turn, we, 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 we turn our backs on God, we clench our fists, as I talked about a couple of weeks ago. And we won't be able to receive the grace of God. And if you stay in that condition long enough and keep moving farther and farther away, you're not going to hear Him. You're not going to see Him. And you will be lost once more. And that's sad. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't come back. You can repent and you can come. But you can get so far gone that you wind up like Esau and you can't even come to repentance anymore. That's the warning in this passage. And so we need to make sure that we are examining our lives today uh, in light of this word from God that we have today. Uh, Bitterness can kill you emotionally, relationally, spiritually, physically and eternally. That's what we get out of the passage. Jesus said, the thief comes but to steal and to kill and to destroy. And then he says, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. But so you see, bitterness is the most effective tool, the most effective weapon in the enemy's arsenal. It's a a stealth weapon. It can slip in uh, through your defenses and set itself up and then literally destroy you and the people all around you. It begins with just a little hurt or a big hurt. It begins with pain, either real or sometimes it can be uh, just a misinterpretation. You could just misunderstand because of having the wrong point of view. Whenever you're looking at things from 
a self-centered point of view, you can wind up being blinded to what's really going on. And you can miss the fact that maybe you're pointing one finger somewhere else and there's three fingers pointing back at you. And uh, so uh, anyway, the world is just full of bitterness today. Just look around you. Look at the news. It's filled with bitterness. And we're supposed to be getting set free from that and making a difference in other people's lives. I saw a video this past week of a young lady. She was uh, she pulled up into a parking lot in her uh, Mercedes and she started to get out of the car and she had parked wrongly. She'd parked across the line and she parked too close to a pickup truck that was next to her on the driver's side and she tried to open the door and she couldn't get out. Now all she needed to do was close the door and straighten up. And if she just straightened up, everything would be okay. But apparently, she had a lot of bitterness already uh, in her heart. And she was already blinded because all she saw was this truck was barring her from getting out of the car. And so she starts yelling at the guy in the truck. He was sitting there in his truck. She starts yelling at him, move your truck move your truck and he just sat there and uh so she looks out the sunroof move your truck and uh the guy just sits there she climbs over to the other side opens the door and gets out and goes over and pounds on the window which he's rolled up by now and says move your truck and he just sits there and so She goes and she gets a shopping cart. She finds one place and bangs it into the tailgate of his truck. And then she finds another one and she leaves it behind the truck. Then she gets another one and bangs it into the front bumper of his truck. Move your truck! Move your truck! And uh, the guy just sits there. And and so then... You're not going to move your truck? Well, we'll see about that. She goes, she digs around the back seat of her car and she gets a can of spray paint and she spray paints uh, something like jerk on the side of his truck and and then she goes through this more and more and still he's just sitting there and uh, then she gets another can, another color spray. I don't know why she got this spray paint in her Mercedes, but anyway, she gets another kid. She sprayed. She sprayed the windows, the front window, the windshield, the windows with spray paint. And then I won't go through all the different things, but this just goes on and on. Now let me give you another aside. This could have all been avoided if she just she's out of the car. I mean, if he moves his truck, is she going to get back in from the? passenger side and crawl over and get out the way she's supposed to? I mean, I don't know what's going on with her in her head. But see, she was just messed up at this point. It was a matter of principle. He was parked in the wrong spot even though she was the one. See, she was in the wrong. Anyway, he could have solved it. All he had to do was, it's not like it was the only Christmas time there's no parking spaces. There are parking spaces all over the place. All he had to do was just move over and everything would be fine. But with him, it was a matter of principle. 
He was in the right place. He was parked right. And he was getting his truck destroyed because he was right and she was wrong. And she was destroying the truck because she was right and he was wrong. And all this garbage goes on. Okay, I'm going to call the police. And ultimately, she called the police. And I didn't get to see the end of it. I did see the lights coming down as the police were. I would suspect that if he hung her, the guy, apparently he didn't want to be talking to the police because then he moved his truck. <laughs> so uh, it's not like his truck would not move. So, But anyway, the whole point of all this is that she was filled with anger and rage and it blinded her to the truth. The truth that she was in the wrong. The truth that she was already out of the car. She could have gone on into the stupid store. And by the time she got back, he'd probably be gone. But she was blinded. And that's we see that scenario played out all over. Irrational uh, actions because of bitterness in people's lives. And so uh, we need to be aware of that because bitterness blinds. It destroys health. It destroys relationships. It destroys lives. It it destroys souls. I got curious this past week just looking at that. So I, I did a little bit of research on mass shootings. Nearly every mass shooter had bitterness in their heart. It was because of bitterness that they were pulling that trigger and killing people. Sometimes it was people they didn't even know. Lots of times. But see, bitterness had just gotten out of hand and taken root and sprung up in a fruit that was just, that was just horrible and it destroyed. You see, the enemy loves that. And see, even the mass shootings cause division and bitterness as people start talking about gun control, no gun control, uh, what do we need to do? We need to do things differently in the schools. And all this stuff starts happening and bitterness is at the root of it. And bitterness is just covering our land. And God is calling us to root out, get rid of the root of bitterness. And it starts with us. It starts with our own hearts. That's where it has to go first. So I think we've already seen where it all starts. It starts whenever you start disregarding God and going after other things and putting other things above him. That's what our nation has done. As we push God out of our conversation and push him out of our laws, and start enforcing laws for godlessness, we wind up with more and more bitterness. And we wind up with things getting worse and worse. So, you can't have the benefits of God. You can't have the benefits of God if you're not willing to open your heart to Him and get rid of the root of bitterness. And so he's telling you whenever you see a root of bitterness spring up, deal with it. Deal with it quickly. 
And we'll talk more about how to deal with it next week. We're going to talk about forgiveness. There's some people who say, well, I'm not going to let go of my bitterness toward that person because I don't want to let them off the hook. Well, you know what? They're not on the hook. You're the one that's on the hook. They're probably going around having fun, just doing fine. Thank you. That's the way it was. I remember, uh, I remember being injured in such a way that this arm was scarred for years. And there was a person that treated me very wrongly in connection with that. Well, it was my dad. Uh, what had happened was uh, I'd had a, uh, a radiator blow out on my arm just washed skin off different places. I mean, it was it was really bad. My dad told me just, uh, it was all in my head that it was hurting, just run cold water on it and get back to work. And uh, so uh, I did that, obedient son. I did that and uh, wound up later spending about two weeks in bed with one arm raised up like this while it healed. But, and one of the things that I had to do whenever I became a Christian, was forgive people. I had to forgive my dad for different things that he had done. There was a list of them, but I forgave him for every one of them. And whenever this process we're going to go through next week is something I developed from going through learning how to forgive people from the bottom of my heart so that I could be free from them. Because these people... Problem people, I call them, will haunt you the rest of your life if you let them. They can destroy your life. And Satan just loves that. But he set me free. But years later, after I was loving my dad in spite of himself, and uh, we were having a conversation, and I said, Joe, do you remember? And I went over this incident. And he said, no, I don't remember that. Now, see, I'd held this against him for years and he didn't even know anything about it. He had been free. I was the only one in bondage. Do you see that? And that's the way it is with you. There are people you may be holding grudges against, holding things against them, and they're just fine, thank you. But you are a prisoner to something that happened long ago. He doesn't want you to be held captive anymore. He wants you to be free. And I can attest to you, you can be free. But uh, it begins by just uh, committing to living a God-pleasing life. And the first thing you got to do is start loving and forgiving. That's where it starts. Uh, And as you do, as you start trying to please him, the Holy Spirit will reveal things uh, that, uh, that you need to be uh, working on. And he'll reveal to you if there are any grudges or uh, anything like that that needs to be dealt with in your life. And when it comes to bitterness, he may start to reveal it. And you may not even want to consider it. But this is just it. Recognize it. And then get rid of it. And we'll talk about that next week, how to get rid of it. Now, this is the thing I really want to focus on. Don't be the cause of it. Don't you be the one that's causing bitterness in your children's lives, 
in your friends' lives, in your co-workers' lives, in the lives of people around you. Don't you be the cause of it. This was what hit me this past week, and I started thinking, okay, how do I do this? How do I, I guess the, the phrase that came up, instead of bitterness, we need to be spreading betterness. I don't even know if that's a word, but I like it. Betterness. That's what we need to be getting across. Betterness. And so where does it start? With me, it started with my telephone. I don't know about y'all. Do y'all get telemarketing calls all the time? If y'all are bugged by those calls, let me see your hands. Okay. All right. Okay. I've tried different things. You know, we've got no more robo to stop them. We've got uh, blocked everything that I can Still, they come through. So, how do you handle telemarketers where you are not acting bitter yourself and you're not instilling bitterness into their lives? And so, I now prayerfully answer those calls. We Now, I'll go ahead and tell you. If you ever call us and we don't answer, you'll get the voice message and it'll say, please leave a message. Please leave a message. If we don't recognize the number, we don't answer the call. But we'll listen to the message. And if it's something worth calling you about, we'll cut. And if if any of y'all call, it's worth it. Okay. So anyway, so please leave a message. But every now and then, I think uh, I got a call from uh, somebody, Veronica Camacho this past week and I was thinking oh no has something happened to Luis and I and so I answered the phone you know so they get around these things so many different ways so I am trying prayerfully whenever I do get one of those calls not to be ugly uh to be forthright and to be nice and uh so anyway just let you know that's where it started with me and it's other places too. Where is it with you? It may be the checker in the store that's 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 not acting the way that they should. It may, you know, there's all sorts of well, you could get start find yourself getting all bent out of shape in in the store. Like seems like all our grocery stores are now rearranging and uh, uh, nothing. I think they do about back every four weeks. Say okay, everybody knows where things are tonight. We rearrange, you know, so that. Uh, Everybody has to walk around and look for some more. So uh, anyway, even that can cause bitterness, you know. And uh, so that's a place to begin. And then whenever you get to the counter, if the uh, checker's not being nice, there's a place to be, to, to just, what do you call it, dispense betterness instead of bitterness. If they're having a bad day, don't add to their bad day. Uh, just just add to the, a good day. Anyway, there's all sorts of different places. And uh, it all came down to where I finally passing betterness on instead of bitterness, bitterness on. I ran across an article uh, in Flint, Michigan. Somebody put up a sign, a big billboard. And the sign said, I'm concerned about the blueberries. That's all it said. No explanation. Just, I'm concerned about the blueberries. And uh, everybody, what's this about? What's this about? 
Everybody starts off, oh, it's, it's, it's about what's going on with the school district right now. Oh, it's about racism. It's about this. And they finally found the guy that put it out. And uh, it turns out that this was uh, an entrepreneur and a business man there that had had an encounter while he was on vacation with his wife in Alaska. And they, he and his wife decided to go zip lining. And uh, their guides were college students. And so they were waiting in line and all. He got to talking to this one young man, 21 years old, and, and asked him, well, how are things going with you? And he said, they're okay. And uh, this guy had been so glib, not a care in the world, but whatever, how are they going? They're okay. And this intrigued him. And so I said, so, so what's going on? He said, I'm concerned about the blueberries. There's not enough rain. And at first, the guy, the entrepreneur, was thinking, this guy has some growing up to do. I mean, yeah, he's, he's partying all night and he's uh, having fun all day. He's doing 21 years old. He's just uh, carefree and all. And uh, he doesn't have anything else to do but be concerned about what's going to happen to the blueberries. But then he thought more about it and it dawned on him. This guy can't do anything about blueberries. He can't make it rain. And he began to see that this was kind of a metaphor for things that don't have anything to do with blueberries at all. Instead, it was about those things in our life that maybe aren't going the way that we want them to, that we can't do anything about. That's your blueberry. And uh, we all have our own blueberries, don't we? And you know what we ought to do with our own blueberries? The Lord says, that's your cares. You know, the things that you can't do anything about. You cast them on the Lord. And you'd have faith that somehow everything's going to be okay. But you're going to be true to Him while this is happening. But then there are other people people all around us and this is this is what, what where where things get good we all have blueberries that we can't do anything about but other people have blueberries that they can't do anything about but you can and uh say suppose that your neighbor broke his hip and his yard's getting out of hand because he can't mow and he was always his own yard man and so that's his blueberry. He can't mow his yard. He can't do anything about it. Maybe he can't afford to get it mowed. But you can. And so you can take care of other people's blueberries. And, uh, and so this is, what, this is the way that we can wind up spreading betterness instead of bitterness. Start being aware of the people around you and be aware of what's going on in their lives and being aware of the blueberries in their lives that maybe you can do something about and then do something about it. Now, I must say this. I am so blessed to get to serve you, this congregation, because I have never seen a congregation except for our very first church that paid attention to blueberries 
like this congregation does. Y'all are exemplary. Y'all see the blueberries in other people's lives. And a lot of you have been the recipients uh, of fellow church members coming and helping you out when you needed help, praying for you, checking on you, all these sorts of things. Because this congregation, they pay attention to other people's blueberries and not just their own. And I am so grateful that I get to serve such a great bunch of people. And the Lord wants you to keep on doing what you're doing because the world needs it terribly. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.